Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined again by Dr. Storzbach. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about health, what it means to be healthy, and we're going to talk about what we do to help people when we can't physically work on them. Because what we found is that there are a lot of things that you at home can do to care for yourself. Now, to be clear, the patients that we see have tried very, very hard to find a solution to their headaches and migraines. And we work with a lot of very healthy people that understand the importance of diet and exercise and, and being mentally well. And we that's actually the type of patient that we are drawn to and find really good results with. And so when we say health and, and what we can help people do uh, that they haven't already discovered on their own, really it's just these little tweaks uh, within their day or within their understanding of when they what they think about when they think about headaches and migraines. Um, just those, those little habits throughout the day. And what we've found is that when we can provide people with hope and, and a better understanding and that encouragement and just come alongside them in this process that they'll, they'll find healing and they get better. And so what we've been doing is, is working with people virtually and challenging ourselves to not just think of this, this, these hands-on techniques as the only solution and option for people and trying to talk people through this approach, a better understanding, uh, understanding what, what things are um, attributing and building on, on the stress and tension. And we want to avoid those. And we want to add in things that are therapeutic. And even people that are, like I said, very, very healthy and aware and have tried a lot of things, uh, still this information for some reason is just not getting to them. And so we want to dedicate this podcast to understanding uh, health and what it means to be healthy. We're going to go through the outline that we use when we're taking someone through our virtual program, which is a uh, six-session program over the course of three months. And, and we've been finding really good results with it. And it's kind of exciting. And so in, in sort of a nutshell version of this and a less customized version of it, we want to help our podcast listeners understand the things that we are uh, sharing with people that have really had an impact on them. So without further ado, let's jump into our first visit uh, with people and, and kind of what that looks like. And it really comes back to the importance of understanding the problem. So Jacqueline, let's go over uh, the problem and why that understanding is very freeing for people. Yeah, I think a lot of people come to us and are a little bit frustrated and helpless um, and been through a lot. And so the first thing we do is obviously listen really well. And I think that can be missing with some other healthcare providers. We take enough time to truly hear your story, your history, understand what brought you there. And then we can take time to help them understand, like you said, what the problem is. Um, our expertise comes as physical therapists on how we move and we educate them on the specific joints and the upper neck that should be moving a certain way and um, releasing tension throughout the neck and ultimately calming down their symptoms. And that there is a musculoskeletal issue stemming from the neck that causes most headaches and migraines. And for some reason, yeah, this is just not common knowledge. A lot of people are like intuitively know it's their neck, 
but no one's ever really explained it to them like we do or helped them understand that there is a cause and therefore a solution. It's not just something to be managed. And that's, you know, we just take that whole first visit to really understand also the difference between triggers and a cause. A lot of people will chase triggers for quite a while. You know, they'll have journaled. And like you said, a lot of our patients are motivated. They want to know what the, you know, what the solution is, what can they do on their own. So they're, you know, watching the weather and they're watching their diet and all these things. And they absolutely play a huge impact. And there's a lot we can control there. Um, But a trigger is different than a cause. And so we still need to be addressing the underlying issue in their neck. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few, a few things that misunderstanding the cause does. And, And you talked about triggers. A lot of people we work with are paralyzed because they are going through life avoiding triggers. And and it's this mentality of my body's broken and it's just not resilient and I have no other option but just to avoid XYZ. And that that sort of weakens them uh, mentally, physically, and they're fearful. They're fearful about the environment they're in. They're fearful about... Um, yeah, exposing themselves to the trigger, to that, to weather, to, you know, the next cycle they have, their hormones changing and they're going through life kind of paralyzed, handicapped because they're, they're associating these triggers with the cause and thinking as long as, as, as long as I expose myself to that trigger, I'm going to get a migraine. Like there's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. So understanding the cause itself as a neck problem, a jaw problem, shoulder tension, tension in these areas that that builds up, leads to a pain signal that's perceived as our brain is coming from the head or the face, and then can also be misunderstood as nausea, sensitivities to lights and sounds, or visual disturbance. And we know that because we treat it all the time. Everyone, like nearly everyone we see has been diagnosed with, with migraines. That is overwhelmingly uh, the majority of people that we see, and and they, uh, the majority of those people have uh, those symptoms, and we treat the neck, and, and and they will improve. So, when it comes to understanding that, that there's just so much freedom in that. Uh, people with that first visit, if we do nothing else but just show them that. So, this week I've I've had a few virtual visits with people, uh, initial visits. And just having someone turn their head, look up and down, side to side, and being able to catch, like, when you side bend, did you notice how this happened? How all of your motion came from the the mid portion of the neck? And did that just feel tight? Did it just feel off? Well, I want you to rest assured that that is not normal. That's not what we should expect the neck to feel like. And you've, you've gone through life feeling that, but I don't want you to think that that's just how it has to feel. And here's what we're going to do to help correct that. There's so much freedom in that because it, it validates you thinking that you have a neck problem. It addresses the, the cause and it's not talking about triggers. And it's actually giving you hope that we can get out of this life of just feeling paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So understanding the problem is the first step in our process, but it's the first step of, of feeling healthier again. And so without even touching someone's neck, being able to evaluate it, with a hands-on approach or treat it, that's, that's very, very valuable for people. And I hope that's for people that listen to this podcast. I hope that's been valuable for you. Mm -hmm. So outside of that, 
we, we understand the problem. And then from there we work into what's going to be therapeutic or what's going to be aggravating throughout the day. And just simple things can be sort of very enlightening for people. So let's walk through like work, daily activities, what things uh, we typically recommend to people. Mm-hmm. We give a lot of people our headache tracker. So that just kind of gives the, them an outline of when their headaches might be coming on. It might cue them on to a pattern. Um, and then we can just really talk to them about, yeah, what does your everyday look like? What are you doing repeatedly? Because we all have habits. We all, we are routine people and we'll kind of do the same things over and over again. Um, you know, for example, you might wake up and always feed your dog the same way and bend over and feel a head rush. Well, there's ways that we can talk about either raising the dog food or squatting properly, little simple things that maybe someone just hadn't thought of before. And we can just break down the entire day, driving position, work position, how often are you going on a walk? Um, you know, what do you do when you blow dry your hair? I mean, all sorts of things that we can really dive into and make sure what's happening to your body physically during the day. Um, and what can we do to like give you the most success? Yeah. Just today I had a, a patient come in who her left side, her left shoulder, uh, was really tight, painful. She was having trouble sleeping. And so I, I worked through it got it to calm down a bit. And then as she was leaving, she takes her purse, puts a strap around her left shoulder. And I said, okay, we stop. Look at, look at how you look at what you're asking your left shoulder to do now. And it was shrugged up. So she was, she was automatically sort of like asking that muscle to do something that it wasn't going to want to do. And it was just, look, think about that habit. Think about how many times a day you put your, your purse strap on your left side and let's change that. And actually today, different scenario. Um, a lady had a migraine a couple weeks ago and left side again, and her left side is just inflamed, very irritated and, and sore. And she said that her migraine onset was after a week of, of with being with her grandkids and she was talking through her week with her grand and was asking her questions. And she realized that every time she picks her grandkid up, she will hold them on her left side because she has, she's right-handed. Mm-hmm. And so she wants her right hand free to be able to do things while she's holding a grandchild. And a hundred percent that is playing into her tension. So what do we say? Like, we don't say, well, never pick up your grandkids because that's not the answer. Um, But be mindful of that uh, and and switch up the position you hold your grandkids in. Uh, Maybe if you don't need to hold them, then have them walk, have someone else hold them uh, or just implement the things that are therapeutic. And so it's those those little things that um, people maybe are, maybe they over, maybe we overlook. I feel like my role, our role in this is really just illuminating things. And then people have these aha moments of like, oh yeah, no one's ever like, I've never thought about it. That specific thing as having enough impact to want to change it or Mm -hmm. feel like it it needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. Um, but those little things combined over time can really uh, make a difference. And so what are, what are things that are like therapeutic? So what, when we talk about how do we um, reverse tension, if someone's building up tension because they're holding gr- their grandkids, what, what can we do to counteract that? 
Well, the first thing is just find balance. So maybe switch sides, even if it feels awkward, <laughs> even if, you know, you're a little bit slower with your left hand, it's just a fun game you can play with yourself. Like, you know, can I still open the fridge with my left hand, that sort of thing. Um, so the first thing is, yeah, maybe just find your asymmetry or the one way you love to go and just play around with the other side. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of things therapeutically too, that I think, I think we think, um, treating ourselves is self-indulgent or especially I like, you know, I think of like my mom's generation and they're very, you know, they're really good at serving and helping, but they like, if you tell them to take 10 minutes to themselves, it's kind of like a strange idea. Um, but the, you know, everyone deserves to be aware of their own body. And at the end of the day go, yeah, you know, I I wore my purse a little too much on my left side. I'm going to get my massage gun out, or I'm going to get my Theracane out, or I'm going to ask my husband to just rub my shoulders, release some tension and and know that it's okay. Like it's okay to give yourself that self-care, uh, maybe take an Epsom salt bath, you know, just be aware enough. So you don't go six weeks and then wake up one day and go, Oh my gosh, everything hurts. Maybe take 10 minutes to really, you know, be aware and take care of yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Another, another big one in this category that we've hit on several times in this podcast, but it's just like sleeping position. Do you take naps? Do you read a book at night? You're watching TV before bed and the position you're sleeping in. Those are all like the, the low hanging fruit of things that we can change that we can grab onto and educate people of. I, so actually just this morning, there was an ad for a pillow. They must know that I treat headaches or something. And I looked at it and it had great reviews and people loved it. And it was advertising the pillow as being a good for back sleepers, side sleepers and stomach sleepers. And again, there are people that sleep on their stomach and are fine, but I, I'm convinced enough that sleeping with your neck turned all the way to one side, uh, for most people I would shy away from. And so even that someone who has poured, you know, time, money, effort, a business that has poured time, money, effort into a pillow like that has marketed in a way where they're like, they're, they're kind of validating sleeping on your stomach. And so that, that information being out there, people go through life and they think, okay, if I just get this pillow, I should be okay sleeping on my stomach. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes us stepping in there and saying, no, do you see how restricted your neck is? There's no way your neck is going to be okay with that. And likely if you're not waking up with a migraine, uh, it, it'll set you up for failure throughout the day. Um, and so little things like that, we love to, um, to figure out. And so we have people, um, oftentimes journal because if they find success and they're doing well and they have a setback, we want to know what, what, if it was one activity, multiple activities, what things were you doing that led to that setback? Uh, So that's usually, uh, this, the second part or the second thing that we'll say, um, those little things throughout the day that will contribute to health. And so, uh, from here, we want to look at, let's say diet, um, understanding inflammation in our body and stress, things like that. And so let, let's just give an overview of what that might look like. Yeah. It's, it's good to just kind of give a good picture of like, you know, what does it look like to eat right? I mean, there's a lot of diets out there, a lot of fads. Um, but I think just kind of stepping back and look at, at a balanced diet and just taking note of 
what are you doing on a daily habit? You know, what are a couple of things maybe we could cut out, a couple of things we could add? Um, you know, and then, like you said, looking at inflammation, you know, how does sugar play into inflammation? How do other things play into inflammation? Um, caffeine, we taught a lot of people have questions about caffeine. We can really dive into that and teach you what the research says. Um, so as far as diet, I, there's a lot we can go into with that and help people without feeling overwhelming. Just make little changes and enough little changes at a time to see, you know, what helps, what doesn't. It doesn't need to be a huge overhaul, um, but just little things can actually make a big difference. Yeah. Again, when it comes to diet in particular, I had a conversation just today, actually, this, this stuff comes up all the time. We talk about this all the time, but a patient was wondering, if diet was playing into their headaches and migraines and it's at least in in the podcast that we went over the the where we went over diet looked into the research if if you consume a certain type of food that could be inflammatory to your system uh, and you have a response then that's an indication you need to pursue that uh, understanding if if your body's impacted by say let's let's say dairy uh, where you consume dairy, you have a headache or migraine after, that's a clear indication like we should probably understand that better. But again, she was she was asking, is dairy causing my migraines? I know my neck's a part of it, but is dairy the other part of it? Is dairy the thing that's causing it? And what we would say is that it's, it's changing the environment that you're experiencing this neck problem. And so having context for how diet is going to impact you and looking at it as overall health and giving your body the best chance to deal with neck tension in the right environment um, is, is what we want to accomplish. And I don't believe that – so if we see someone that has no – movement through C1 and C2 or no movement through the head and their first bone in their neck. And they're just all locked up. I don't believe you have to be hundred percent to feel better. I don't even believe you have to be 50% as far as your range of motion to feel better. Um, I've worked with people that their actual range of motion might not improve all that much, but because we've been able to educate them, change their mindset, give them hope that they can manage this and they have a, they have a proper understanding and can take in control of those other things. And then we're able to help come alongside and get their body to relax, improve their posture, things like that. Then they're, they're not in pain. And so thinking, well, oh man, I, I would love this treatment, but since I can't see these people, I, I just kind of have to live with it or I have to find someone that does this specific thing. And not to say, so that, that, that can be a worthy pursuit because we see that in-person care is very important. Um, but it's not the only thing that you can do. All right, so after that, the in-person care. This, that's a transition. That's a segue. That's my segue into <laughs> what, what do people need to do as far as uh, finding in-person care? And how, do, how can we help people navigate the healthcare system? Because I think that's a big question mark for a lot of people is who do I even see? Absolutely. Um, a lot of our patients have already seen neurologists and doctors and maybe even, even other PTs and acupuncturists, and they're still searching. And then we do have some people who, you know, we might be one of the first people we see virtually, and they're trying to find somebody in their area. And we can definitely help with that. I think um, 
the first thing is t- is to remember if they just go if you go to see a doctor or a neurologist their lens will be more pharmaceutical based so it depends on what your goals are medications of course have a role and they can help with pain and some symptoms but they're not tre- treating the underlying cause so if you're already a person that wants to find maybe more of a natural approach or get to the bottom of it without medication uh, don't be disappointed when you go to your doctor and that's kind of their first line of defense now there's other providers out there other wonderful PTs that might have some good hands-on work and enough education and are really good at motivational interviewing and things. Those are people we want you to get into the hands of for sure in your, in your area. Um, everyone, we all always need to remember though, that like not every PT is created equal, not every chiropractor is created equal, et cetera. And so if say you've tried physical therapy in the past and you're kind of reluctant this time because we're PTs, just keep an open mind because every provider will bring something a little different to the table. Um, you know, the other thing is we get the question about Botox. Who do I, you know, is Botox something I should do? Who would I see? A lot of neurologists will implement or inject Botox. As far as I have seen, uh, since I've been here again, it is not a long-term fix. Um, it is definitely more invasive. And so let's try to get you in the hands of either a good PT, someone working with us virtually, uh, maybe, um, an acupuncturist or massage therapist that can address more underlying causes rather than mask things with symptoms. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that in the coming up on four years now that, uh, from the time I started Novera, I've built connections. I've, I've tried to uh, reach out to their providers in the area. And what I've found is provide the providers. Now this isn't like, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but the people that really care and are excited and finding results with their patients um, are typically in a, working in a model that does not work with insurance. And that, that I, now I, I had a feeling that that was the case when I opened my clinic and I, I had a feel of healthcare and how insurance was driving things, but I, it's just been confirmed over and over again that these, these providers that I get excited about and I'm scheduling cause I want to see them and I want them to evaluate me and see if they find something. They don't, they don't work with insurance companies because for, for whatever motive or whatever reason, which we don't have time to go into, um, generally the type of healthcare that you want and are looking for uh, to feel healthy and providers that understand uh, what that means to be healthy um, are, are generally stepping out of the traditional in-network model. Uh, now, if you can find them in-network, great, because I'm not just... Uh, I'm not going to be just an anti-insurance person because you pay a lot for your premiums and you, you want to be able to use that. Uh, but but don't don't hold tightly um, to insurance and in-network. And uh, we have people that come see us and they say, okay, well, you're a physical therapist, so I'm going to find a physical therapist in network. Um, you know, I guess my recommendation is, is don't do that. If you find someone that, that you like and really helps you, um, just, just stick with them and, uh, and trust them. And, uh, honestly, if, if you're paying them directly, it means they're very motivated to help you be healthy. And I think that's a great thing. And, uh, that's why we stand behind our model and we feel like it really forces us, you know, 
I'll say this. If, if we were an in-network clinic, it, it, I don't think I would do this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure I would, uh, because the way we market, the way we set things up and how we practice is just catering to the insurance model. Mm -hmm. And so stepping outside of that, I knew that I would be forced to do things like this. Um, which is trying as hard as I can to help people understand this problem and get them healthy. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would say um, that that would be my one big recommendation for that. Yeah. Um, all right. So any anything else? I mean, I guess the one thing is, is goal making, goal setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah you want to touch on that? Yeah. I was just going to say like th – the, the wonderful thing about this virtual visit that we can really follow you every couple of weeks is that we're constantly making goals that are specific and attainable and then keeping you accountable through every step of it. It's very easy to have a goal and then say, okay, you're on your own. Good luck. And I mean, I'm the same way. I would, I would start out maybe really strong the first few days and then life happens and, you know, you don't really have anyone at the end of the two weeks to check in or ask or, um, and so you're just not as motivated. And I just think that this program is so good at making sure that you're continually, um, meeting these goals, making new habits, having somebody in your corner, cheering you on, keeping you accountable. That, that is really invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, um, we're rolling out, I, I guess, um, we've been working virtually with people for, I guess since COVID started now, so for about two years. And uh, we've developed this program as like, hey, there's more we can do. There's more we can do. And so we uh, have leaned into this and uh, we're excited about it. If you are someone that has not reached out to us or worked with us virtually, uh, please do. Um, this is something that, that we feel confident in that, that will be helpful for you. And so uh, we want you to... Um, reach out. That's through a website that's calling, uh, the office, talking to Bria or Jess will be, who will be at the front desk while Bria's off, uh, getting married. But, um, we appreciate all you listeners. And if, uh, if you enjoy this podcast and you like what we're doing, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.